Welcome to another chapter of In the Keep. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload, and this show is all about the world of first-person shooters, their legacies, their lineage, and the people who keep that world turning. It is the will of the drowned god, Katala, that we band together to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. This week's episode of In The Keep Podcast is brought to you by QuakeFans.net, your home for all things arena, classic, and retro first-person shooters. Go check them out every Saturday morning on their YouTube channel, Smango, host QuakeFans Radio. It's also available in you know podcast form after the fact. Sometimes I might even be on there, so go check it out. Also, highly recommend you go check out our other sponsor, RocketJump.Zone weekly Quake Champions tournaments for EU and NA. Unleash your competitive spirit and join the upcoming event. We are also brought to you by our many, many awesome supporters. Let's just list them off real quick. Dots, Moose, Paul, Zach, Alexander, Lashaka, Jeffrey, Larissa, Brad, Nabe, and Steve. All of you have been wonderful and given through Patreon, PayPal, or credit card donation, or bought stuff on the Amazon affiliate link, or maybe bought some badass merch over on our Redbubble page, all of which are available on inthekeep.com. Thank you so much. You're all fucking awesome, and we will be reaching out to you very, very soon to get your shirt sizes and everything for that big batch order we've been talking about for so long. It's about to happen because of you. You've donated, and you've crowdsourced it. It will happen. Also, a special shout-out to an OG member of the Keep, Night Owl, who stepped up and boosted the server. We now have much better audio quality, all thanks to him for using his Nitro subscription to boost the Keep's Discord. Uh, That's fucking awesome, man. I can't thank you enough, and uh, you've done a service to the entire show. So, much appreciated. Everyone say bonjour to this week's guest, Bruno Boudouin. He is... The amazing developer behind Nightmare Reaper, which is a genius new FPS game. It's got an old school look. It's got randomly generated levels. It's got loot and shoot qualities. It's got roguelike qualities, even though he's going to say specifically it's not a roguelike, and I don't disagree necessarily, but hey, he'll make his point in the interview. This is a great chat. We talk about a lot of things. We cover a lot of ground. Uh, just about the theme of the game and what it took to make it and kind of his perspective on a lot of things. Bruno's one of those guys that's just, he's got his opinion and he knows exactly what direction he's going in and what he wants out of his product. And I think that translates to something really great. So I hope you enjoy this interview. And more importantly, I hope you go out and get your early access copy of Nightmare Reaper. It is available on both Steam and GOG. The music that you're about to hear is by the great and powerful fucking Andrew Holschult, who did the OST for this game. Give Andrew your love. Go to visit him on Bandcamp. Buy his music. Support his games. And without any further ado, je te présente In The Keep, number 35, with Bruno Boudouin.
Hi, I'm uh, Bruno Baudouin, or you can call me Bruno or Edburn, and I'm the main developer on Nightmare Reaper. With that started off, man, I just want to first of all say that I've been completely consumed by this game for the past uh, probably half a week or so. Awesome. It's been one of the games that's been on my radar for a very, like, basically probably since Civi put out his video for it, which is uh, sometime mid to late last year. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. everyone knows it from CV or G-Man. Yeah. The two, uh, my two big breaks, if you will. <laughs> these, these guys are awesome, seriously. They're really nice guys. and They're uh, fans of these types of games, so it was just a good fit. Yeah. Well, with that said, it's like... Uh... It takes a while usually for me to get around to playing all the games that I've like have on my list of games to play. So it took me until basically I got it for, as a gift for Christmas from a good friend who oh, was yeah. like, you got to play it, you got to play it, you got to play it. And I was like, okay, I, I promise I will. But finally, he just gifted it to me and kind of forced it on me. So yeah, It's uh, rough because it's in, still in early access. So like right. me, myself, I, I prefer to wait. But I tried to make uh, the game have enough content and be like polished enough to... Uh, not make people feel bad they're buying early access. If it's something that I really believe in, and in this case it is, I want to support the developer as much as I can. And usually early access is a good way to do that. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I, I get the perspective of people want to wait and see if it's going to come out good. But I've honestly, like I trust independent developers more than I trust. Like, like I'm really worried about doom eternal. Like, I don't know. I'm uh, scared. <laughs> You know. Yeah, I have some worries. I think it's going to be a great game regardless of my worries. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a little AAA creep happening anyway from the videos we've seen. We've seen. Like the first yeah. game has almost zero like third-person stuff. There's some zoom-ins and stuff. But in Doom Eternal, there's trailers where you're completely outside of the Doom guy's body. And it's a philosophy change, you know? And I think they mentioned a hub or something. Yeah, I don't know. The guy's it's, not quite like the relax in a hub type of guy. I don't like it. Uh, I, I'm scared. That's all. I, I'm sure it'll come out good. But I, what I'm saying is that I trust uh, that you will work harder to make sure that your game comes out excellent than I necessarily trust that any corporation is going to uh, take you know respond to the community the, as if they had yeah. to. Like you got to sing for your supper. You know, corporations are there for making money, making a right. return to investors, appealing to the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. For indies like me, it's just essentially we're doing it for love first because it's like such a risk to start a game like this. There's almost like zero chance of success. And uh, you've got to love it. Yeah. Or else, uh, yeah, you make a subpar product. And you sink, you either sink or swim, I guess. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, and there's a lot that sink, a lot more. <laughs> uh, it's not my first project, Nightmare Reaper. I made a previous game called Mactabulous, mm -hmm. and uh, that one bombed uh, completely. Uh, what was that about? It was a, a shmup, a space shooter, if you will, something like uh, Gradius or Ikaruga, stuff like that. And uh, yeah. It's my first like published game, and it needs at least another year of polish. <laughs> but uh, you know, the money ran out, and it wasn't very popular, so I just had to uh, let it go. 
let's uh, kind of metaphorically rewind the tape and work our way back up to that as a talking point. So uh, where did you grow up, man? Uh, rural Canada. Okay. I uh, grew up on a farm in Quebec. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it's the, the French-speaking province of uh, of Canada. But, Je uh, ne parle pas le français très bien, monsieur. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> if, that's the only if, thing I know how to say. Yeah. If you knew more, that would be a pretty good French, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but in my town, it was 50-50 French and English. Like in yeah. high school, uh, they, they separated the school in two and you had the English side and the French side. And we hated each other. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't actually, but like there's, uh, our parents did though. They always fought. But nowadays, uh, it's getting milder. So yeah, I grew up on a farm. Not quite. Uh, I was very interested in uh, computer science and video games and stuff. But, uh, you know, we had a big farm with horses and a lot of nature. So uh, I, I kind of had a great opportunity, but I didn't really care about horses and stuff. So for a lot of people, that's kind of frustrating because they always wish they had a horse farm. But <laughs> I concentrated on games. Yeah. Uh, I always wanted to make uh, video games. Like the first game I played, I knew that what I wanted to do was make video games, which is uh, very lucky. Like a lot of people live their own life, uh, their whole life without knowing what they, they want to do. Don't know about you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, all I did was uh, make crappy games and just learn by myself how to do this. And uh, then I was like, this is not going great. <laughs> Everything I made kind of sucked. How did you start that pursuit, though? Like, so you knew you wanted to make games. Yeah, I just did things. Like, I had a computer. I just fiddled with it and tried to uh, just figure out how to make games with, like, zero help. So that was pretty good learning experience. Like, yeah. learning to learn, if you will. But uh, I wasn't getting very far. Okay. And at one point, I picked up like Visual Basic and it was really easy to pro to program some things with it. But like, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar a little bit with programming, but you like write text to do things, you know. You could uh, create a variable to uh, save a value in memory. You write that in text and then you, you do something with that memory. But I had no idea you could do this because like, no one taught me or anything, so I just put like a text field in an interface. I set it to hidden, and that was my variable. And anyway, it was pretty crazy, and I made like whole games with that. But, but there was no like real direction. Like there was no, no. like the, here's the big book of game coding for no, you. No, no, like no, no, a, no. go to go to school to learn how to be a game developer. Yeah, like I'm I'm almost 38, so back then the, there wasn't even the internet. So <laughs> I had zero resources. I didn't know anyone who had like well, who knew uh, how to program or anything like that. So all I had was like myself and playing around with a PC at a, at home. But what uh, what were those games though that made you want to do this? I'm not sure if there's a specific example, but like every early PC, Nintendo, Atari game, mm -hmm. I think my first PC game was Space Quest 1. 
Oh, and uh, I don't know if you know Space Quest 1, but it's one of those games where you can only type text to do things. And I was a French kid, so typing in English, like I had no idea what I was doing. So that was doubly hard. But in a way, that's how I learned uh, English. So video games are very good. <laughs> uh, Mario Brothers, uh, early DOS games of all kinds. It's amazing what people can learn if they're like determined to be part of something or to do like a specific task. If you know you want to make video games and you don't know what you have to do in order to do that, or if you, in your case as a kid, you wanted to learn how to play that video game, so you had to then learn English in order to be able to play it. Like a lot of people wouldn't agree to like, oh, just learn English, but because it was a a step towards a greater goal, yeah. then you were able to do it. I think that uh, in education in general, like gamifying everything, I think that's the the future. Like that's the best way to learn. In a way, video games they they teach you like their concepts and stuff, and they try to make it fun. Like they teach you how to be good at the game. Like video games are the science of taking something you want a person to learn and making it fun. Right. So if we if we just transfer that to like uh, schooling in general, it would be like so much better. People would enjoy learning. Because I don't know about you, but I hate school. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh, I, I don't know, I, I hated school too, but I, I do think back to things like, you know, like the Oregon Trail or like the uh, the typing, the really simple, you know, just yeah. typing games that would teach you how to type, you know, and as as bonkers as they are by today's standards, like that, that was a really useful learning tool that I, I definitely think that should be adapted more and more into the education Absolutely. system in general. I think they're doing things with like Minecraft and stuff, but I don't think they know what they're doing. Like you could learn maths, for example, if you had a good gamified system and it would be fun like the whole, the whole time. I think Minecraft. like a, like all things in school though, there are going to be kids that gravitate towards that. And there's going to be kids that want to be, you know, like turning a wrench and there's going to be kids that want to, you know, probably yeah, learn in the classical sense. I think it's, I think if it's done right, every kid would enjoy it. Oh, well, then we're depending on the government to do things right. Ah, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Like it, we're so far from being into a system like that. Yeah. Like I have ideas about this, but we're so far away. Uh, but then uh, I did have actual schooling to because like i wasn't really getting anywhere so i was like i need i need to learn from my actual classes Mm -hmm. so i had college for three years in computer science and then another three years in uh, university like in quebec we have a primary school high school college and then uh, university I, i know it's a little different in the states so yeah, I did all this, and then I hated it. Like I really hate school. <laughs> so maybe that's why I have so many theories about how to make it better. And uh, I'll just tell you my my life story quickly. Go ahead, dude. Uh, take it down. Right after university, I got uh, the diploma, and I went to uh, work in a electric meter company. <laughs> 
<laughs> so not, not exactly video games, but I tried to apply to like uh, every company I could think of, but like with no experience and not really much to show. They, and I kind of bummed all the technical tests because I had no idea I was going to have to do that. So uh, I just found a job uh, close to where I lived and uh, with a good pay doing some programming. I did that for like, uh, I think almost five years or like four years. And uh, then I quit to make my first game, Mactabulous. That was during the, the, the early days of indie games, like when uh, Braid came out and then a bunch of smaller indie games came out. That was the time when you weren't even sure if you could get on Steam. And uh, I didn't. <laughs> Greenlight didn't exist. I don't know if you remember the Greenlight system. It was just before that. Then when Greenlight came, uh, I eventually got in, but it was way too late. Like If you didn't get Steam back then, you had zero exposure. There, there was just nothing else. Before the before Steam, there were no indies, pretty much. Like It was almost impossible. So yeah, uh, MacTable is bombed. I had no more money. But because I had made a, an actual game and shipped it, I got hired at uh, Ubisoft in Montreal, uh, which is essentially the biggest uh, single studio in the world. Right. And that was amazing. I worked there for five and a half years, like actually making games. Like that, that was my initial dream to be part of a huge team and just make games. Uh, I worked for the multiplayer engine team. So I didn't work on a specific game. I worked on essentially every game that had multiplayer. So I would go from team to team to to help them out. And that, that was awesome, like an awesome job. Ubisoft, if you're... As far as AAA goes, like it was a good job. Uh, I was a fan of a bunch of their games and can't really complain about it. And I, I could travel. I went to live like six months in France to help uh, a team over there. It was just a great job. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I wasn't making my game. I had bosses and so many design decisions I didn't agree with. But, like, what can you do? These are huge teams of, like, I don't know, a thousand people. So I saved my money. And then I was like, I have enough money to make an indie game. And that's how Nightmare Reaper was born. Right on. That's essentially <laughs> how I got to here. So you made enough money to kind of stop and work on your thing. Like, I want to make an indie game and I, I want to do it right this time. At, at, yeah. When did the initial idea of what would become Nightmare Reaper uh, occur to you? Uh, the initial idea I had, uh, I got it very very early uh, when I worked at Ubisoft, uh, but it wasn't. Well, it was very far from what we have today. At first, I had uh, I kept the Mactabulous engine, which which was a fully custom C plus plus OpenGL engine, and tried to make like uh, the simplest of Wolfenstein clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I got. Everything almost working, but I couldn't do shadows. And I was like, I want 
dynamic lights and shadows in my game. So I looked around and I checked out uh, Unreal Engine. And since since it was in, in C++ and that's where my experience is, I decided to pick that. But then I started to play around with it and I was like, maybe if I had verticality, it could be fun. And now you... You have the game we have today where you can jump, you can go up things. It's not quite Wolfenstein. Right. You still got the, the cube level layout, though, from from Wolfenstein, but it's it's more like uh, Rise of the Triad. Yeah. So very similar to that, because that has verticality. And it uh, so- turns out the uh, dynamic shadows cost too much on Unreal, so... <laughs> <laughs> I set them off by default, but now it's too late to to turn back. But there's advantages to Unreal, and I don't regret it, and it's a great experience. I had a, a friend, like, maybe three days ago that legitimately thought that Nightmare Reaper was built in the GZ Doom engine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's bright, <laughs> uh, but there's there's so much more than... I yeah. mean, maybe some effects in GZ Doom that I didn't check. Maybe you can do dynamic shadows and like bump mapping and material rendering and all that stuff. I'm not an, an expert at GZ Doom. So let's uh let's kind of break the game down for people who maybe tuning in and aren't currently aware of it. Yeah, you you are. I'll let you actually, if you would, kind of tell the premise of the game. Uh, I don't want to reveal too much, so it's kind of tough, but. Uh... You're some girl in some kind of mental hospital. And uh, when you dream, bad things are happening. <laughs> there are <laughs> nightmare, nightmarish visions stuff, and a lot of violence. And uh, the more you kill, the more you progress. And uh, technically, or more like gameplay aspects revolve around getting gold from treasure or killing enemies uh, to upgrade your character and uh, to get stronger, to go farther. And uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to add some uh, progression to my game. That was extremely important to me. Like, I have a hard time with just simple linear shooters. Right. Because I need a reason to play. I know it's kind of... The reason should be the game itself, but you know, I, I want something to motivate me to keep playing and to go farther and to do good, you know. So uh, that's why I added this this big progression system, and uh, also to differentiate. There's a lot of randomness and influences from other genres like uh, roguelites and. Uh, Looter shooters and stuff like that, like straight up Diablo. Yeah. But the game is not a roguelite. We could have a whole podcast about what roguelites are. <laughs> but let's there, not. there is a, or there at least was a roguelite podcast for a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. From, from you? No, no. I don't know who did yeah. it. I just, I know that it exists. That's it. Oh, they're super popular. So there must be something. Yeah. But I, I don't consider Nightmare Reaper a roguelite. To me, a roguelite is you die, you start over from the beginning. But in Nightmare Reaper, you just start the level over. 
and you you keep almost everything like you lose almost nothing yeah but a lot of people call it a roguelite and i mean all right <laughs> whatever as long as you enjoy the game uh, it doesn't really matter what it's a big debate on the show all the time is like what is is the show about arena shooters or classic shooters or retro shooters or you know first person shooters in general and i've like had so many arguments even with just like the staff that you know actually works with me to make this show about how to define you know what we do here because at at the fundamental basis like it nightmare reaper is it a retro shooter i don't know because it does a lot of things that a lot of retro or classic games could not and would not have done yeah, it it looks retro, but yeah. the gameplay there's so many modern elements. Yeah, there's but, like blood is pretty retro, and the combat is very similar. Like it has mm-hmm. all the satisfying aspects of of the shooting. So even though, like my shooting is kind of like brutal doom, brutal doom is kind of like blood. So I guess that's retro. But yeah, for the rogue lights, the randomness, and all that. It's a little more modern, but I don't know. It's a, it's it's just a general genre. If if it looks old, it's a retro shooter. <laughs> Whatever the case, it's awesome, and that's what I like about it. I don't really care what we call it. <laughs> yeah, fun is uh, the main uh, the main goal of this whole thing. A lot of playtesting and a lot of uh, just making sure everything you do is yeah. fun and satisfying and rewarding. So I have a lot of thoughts that I'm going to kind of like vomit out right now. And if at any point it gets to like, okay, please shut up. Just cut me off. (laughs) Okay, that's good. I won't have to think about what to say. So something that I find really interesting about Nightmare Reaper is the way in which the story is told and presented to the audience. Um, Like many first person shooters, especially the classic ones that we all know and love, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, the main protagonist doesn't speak. We don't really have any information. It's, you can kind of self-project. We know it's a chick, and over time we get uh, the notes from, assume I assume is the psychiatrist that is in charge of her care. And I don't want to give away any of what is actually said, but that's, that's part of the storytelling. There is no um, main antagonist. There's no, this is the bad guy. Um, and, in Doom, we know we're looking for, you know, the Spider Mastermind or something along the or we know that there's good versus evil here. I'm a Marine. These are aliens. They're attacking us. They're bad. They're from hell. We find that out over time. In Quake, we know, you know, ultimately we're looking for some kind of giant Lovecraftian monster that ends up being Shub Niggerot. In Nightmare Reaper, we're just battling this person's insanity, uh, apparently. Maybe. Yeah, well, I don't know yet. I haven't gotten to the end either. I don't want to. I didn't want to like know the ending before I spoke to you. Um, There's only episode one so far, so even if you played everything, there it's not going to be fully revealed until the end of episode three. So okay, well, hey, that's good. That's good news. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make a story that was very unintrusive, something you couldn't skip entirely and just yeah. play the game if you want. That's that's retro in a way, but I hate cutscenes. Like me too. I don't like them in any game. I, I don't care how it's done. Don't give me cutscenes. I, I like them in certain games. I'll give. Uh, I don't. I, I don't, give The Witcher Three a pass. That's a cinematic I, experience. I don't want them. I mean, 
you could have uh, you could still walk in the Witcher and talk to people. There's no real reason to have them be like cutscenes. I I understand that a lot of people like this, but I'm very um, I have very contrarian tastes. <laughs> Good. I guess that, that's the best description I can find. Like I complain about a lot of things. I have I like a certain kind of thing. I think movies should stay movies and games should stay games. I'm not saying story is not important, but uh, it should be all about gameplay and immersiveness and keeping you like in the in a character. But yeah, so that's one of the reasons I like Doom 2016 so much because you never really left the eyes of Doom guy. You. Like I said earlier, there were some zooms and stuff, but like you were Doom Guy, you were in his head. It was right. a continuous, uncut, like period in Doom Guy's life that you 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 live. Half Life One, zero cutscenes, like one of the best games of all time. I think Half Life Two also didn't have cutscenes. Yeah, well, so. people are talking to you in both examples you you can still move around even yeah. like, you know do whatever you that's, want that's fine if you want to have the the big like face uh face to face you just stand there and go right in his face i mean yeah but yeah, spectacle games i'm i'm not very big in, into those i think uh like most third person games are also they kind of suffer the gameplay suffers to just have a big spectacle that is kind of devoid of systems it's really hard to describe but I, I like like deep systems that interact and stuff like that not so much uh, like oh look at my cool combo yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember what we were talking about but uh, uh, i'll get us back on track i just i was gonna let you go as far as you wanted to with that all right well that's it i'm, so, I'm very difficult like people i don't like many things and I often don't like uh, what's you know mainline or very popular. I hope I just hope I'm not a you know how, how do they call these people with the beards and the glasses? Uh, a, ne- a neck beard? No, uh, I'll, I'll think of it uh, later. <laughs> okay, carry on. Um, shit! Now you made me lose much train of thought. No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. One of the things that I wanted to kind of address with, you know, what you're saying is how, yeah, you, you can really easily like lose track of who you are, or what you're doing in, in like these big spectacle games. Like you have to take long breaks in between gameplay parts and uh, that never, that never happens in Nightmare Reaper at, at all. But yeah. yeah, I wanted to have the, just another, uh, just another level type of deal. Yeah. So I think are short, uh, they don't ask much of you. And getting in, into the game is like instant, and there's that's one thing you know. Like you want to play GTA for like 15 minutes, just starting the game is 15 minutes. Yeah, like, it's such a big mental like uh, uh, exertion you need to do to just get into the game and have fun. So that's you can take it in chunks, right? Yeah, I tried to get it as the mental energy needed as low as possible, so people would just. I'll just play this game quick, and they end up just playing this game over and over. 
something you said earlier made me think that this is actually what we want. Like when you say like I'm contrarian or I only like certain things or whatever, that to me is what makes you a good creator of something you, because you don't want someone creating something who doesn't know what they're trying to accomplish necessarily. It It's good to have a singular focus and yeah, that seems point. to be your life story so far is like, <laughs> I, I know I want to make a game. And then when you do make a game, I know exactly what kind of game I want to make. And I know what I do not want in the game. So you, I assume you couldn't be talked into like, yeah, but if we like wanted to throw some, like maybe some cutscenes or there's no executive that's going to talk you into making a game that you don't think is going to be the best experience. Absolutely. I have the last say on everything, but I'm very open. Um, yeah. Uh, on the forums and stuff, I listen to people, and sometimes there's things that are like just ridiculous, and I'm like, I'll just put it in the game. It sounds fun. Yeah. Like Doom guys from, well, spoiler, but there might be something like that in Nightmare Reaper. That's from forum discussions, uh, from my Discord. Uh, I get so many IDs that I just straight up put in the game. Uh, you, you want me to keep my mouth shut? No, no. What, <laughs> you had something to say? No, I meant uh, about the Doom guy thing. You? Oh, no, you you can talk about it. It's not a secret like that. So there are some golden bunnies in the game. I don't know yeah. what they're about, but yeah, that, I'll just leave it at that. Leave the mystery there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of silly random events. And yeah. Easter eggs. If you uh, keep your eye open. Yeah, there's some really cool secrets with uh, certain uh, in our community celebrities' heads in them. Yeah, I want to add more of these. I want to add so many things. (laughs) I want to add silly secret levels. Uh, I have to prevent feature creep, though. I have to finish episode two as fast as possible. I'm uh, I'm really holding uh, holding back because <laughs> there's so many things I would like to add. Yeah, it it all fits in Nightmare Reaper. Like you can just add crazy things. It's all a dream. There's silly things. There's scary things. But yeah, I have a singular focus. But uh, I do listen to uh, to feedback, and it, sometimes I straight up say no. But uh, you know, sometimes there's some great ideas and. That I didn't think would fit, but the way someone can explain it uh, can end up fitting. Yeah, as you uh, you mentioned, how it's kind of a it's all a dream, like that. As and you can use that storytelling device uh, as an excuse to literally do kind of whatever you want within the world of the nightmare. Uh, yeah, there's at some point you shouldn't go too crazy. Yeah, because, uh, there's still like a. Some kind of feeling I have to keep, uh, an atmosphere, and it's not too funny, it's not too dark, you know. I, I can't stray too far if I want to have a, a cohesive uh, total. Yeah, I like when you like when you die and you come back to repeat the level, like because this game is kind of a, a speedrunner's nightmare, uh, no pun intended. But uh, it, it's not that bad, actually. Uh, there's a guy on our Discord who uh, regularly speedrun. Uh, I think that's good. 
It's just that yeah. there's no dependable, like when you repeat the level, there's no, like, it will exactly be the same thing over, you know, like I can just go and turn left and then it's it not kinda like that. It kind of is though. It kind of is like that. So how, do, how? There, there's patterns. Every level has a pattern. And if you learn these patterns, uh, it helps dramatically. Uh, they speed run binding of Isaac. And this game is just insane. Mm-hmm. And the like at AGDQ that just happened, they had a crazy uh, Binding of Isaac uh, speedrun. I think they played like six characters back to back and they had like an estimated time and the guy was right in that time. So roguelites and random games can be speedrun with uh, somewhat like reasonable uh, time frame. Well, that's amazing. I guess uh, that that's like a higher level than I was kind of putting into it. Cause I just assume random means random. I, I just appreciate for my thought, like my brain capacity that when I repeat a level, I'm not just trying to do the same thing over again. I have to like kind of refigure it out. I, I don't, you know, it's a it's new experience each time. But right. uh, you have to play a lot to, to figure them out. And you have to, to think, uh, you have to think about it. You can just play uh, just to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. You have to figure it out. But once you figure it out, it's it's kind of fun to just uh okay, I gotta do this now and you you never know what the level well, like what you're gonna face in the levels. Am I gonna get a good weapon that's gonna make my run easier, you know? Right. It's it's kinda more fun in a way than some other speed runs where it's always exactly the same thing, you know. I agree. I just assumed it would be more you know, it makes it more difficult that it would be random. That's what I was saying. Uh, I guess in some ways it is more difficult. Uh, yeah. Some runs, it's not your fault, and you you just right. get a, a raw deal, you know. Yeah. There's more uh, variable, you know. Yeah, there's more variables in general. I like that. I like it a lot, and I like how you can only carry one weapon at a time, and after you've committed uh, to a weapon, saving it, you know. Like, that was a rough decision. Like so, I thought I would get pitchforks and like people really angry about this because like yeah. in old school shooters you, you hold like nine weapons or more and you never lose them. <laughs> but that's part of what makes Nightmare Reaper to me special is that it forces you to make a decision instead of just assuming like that was the progression, you know, in Quake was you get better weapons and that's the progression, you know. Uh, I, in this- I wanted the player to make this decision. I wanted to force them to, mm-hmm. you know, you're stuck with this weapon now and the situation might not be ideal. Figure it out and, you know, try. And I made every single weapon fun and satisfying and made sure that you could just mainline this weapon and do a whole level with it so this way you know even though you're stuck with the knife you're still gonna have fun with uh with that weapon it's my favorite weapon oh so far the the knife the knives because you can either use them to slash or throw and the uh axes i really like the axes too everyone has completely different favorites it's i know it's like no one likes the bow but one guy that I watch his stream just loves the bow. He's like, why isn't everyone using the bow? The bow is the best weapon. It all depends on your play style. Yeah. 
some people like to are kind of like me ain't all about conserving ammo and stuff like that so the bow is perfect you can pick up your arrows and it does pretty good damage when you're good with it but other people are like no i want i want a shotgun just because it's a shotgun yeah <laughs> it all depends there's so many different ways to play too yeah yeah definitely you got spells you got charge weapons you got melee weapons uh, variety it's uh that's what i strive for well there's always you know the the closed off starting area at least thus far and then you kind of have like you know it, at least one or maybe two or three doors you go through that door and then inevitably you'll find yourself in, in something akin to a large arena full of monsters and you have a lot of choices there immediately. It's like, do I want to run in and just start running around and shooting? Do I want to like door creep and just kind of poke them? And depending on what weapon you have or what weapon you choose to carry with you, that that can dramatically affect how you play the game, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Some people just want to stay in the door and take pot shots, and yeah. that's what they like. They like to like never be hit and always be safe. Uh, I watch people like just enjoy this and <laughs> some people hate it they want to like just run in the room and and i took these these gameplay styles in consideration like if you run in the room you find a power up uh if you just stay outside the door you're not gonna find the power up and there's you know there's in the skill tree you can just put points in whatever you like to to do you want to move faster just concentrate on that you want to use more power-ups there's several nodes about that that's another thing i really like to be able to customize your playstyle. can the randomization ever cause like a level to be broken no they're used okay. to because of okay. bugs <laughs> but i mean bugs are possible but so far i've watched hundreds well not hundreds maybe like 50 uh, streams mm-hmm. never saw a single issue uh if there is it's a bug okay it's it's pretty straightforward uh, random generation shouldn't cause issues instead there's like really a bug i'm always open to i just suck being the answer to something you know like because it's a lot a lot of people will immediately like i don't understand how to do this and then complain and say like oh the game's broken and with it being randomized it's really easy to arrive at the thought that Uh, perhaps oh well, if I can't figure out where the door is, obviously if it's just the level's broken. That's Absolutely. not. Yeah. There's there's a lot of that, but in a way, that's my fault. I didn't make it uh, clear enough. So that's another thing I put a lot of effort in making mm-hmm. sure there's like there's tutorials in the game, but they're they're like seamless. You just feel like you're playing the game and figuring things as you're playing them. And that's not like random. That's that's how I designed it. So if there's something you just don't understand, like the um, the random events, they spawn an orb you have to destroy. Mm-hmm. This is clearly not. It's not clear enough right now. <laughs> Some people like don't figure it out until very late. So I'm I'm gonna have to to fix something like that. And that's not their fault that they're not finding the orb. It's my no. fault for not like making it clear enough for them. So I wrote down a list of these actually to kind of bring up, hoping it would come up in conversation. Um, we already mentioned the golden bunnies and that 
that kind of deal. And then there's the crystals that just kind of pop up out of nowhere, and there's several of them. And what, what's the deal with those? Can you explain what's supposed to be done with the crystals? Well, to figure the crystals out is something that you probably are not going to do the first time you play. But okay. the second time and like maybe the third time, you're going to have it figured out. But essentially, uh, you pick them all up. It's kind of like the red coins in uh, Mario games. Oh, okay. If, if you manage to pick them all up, you get a treasure. Okay. But there's a, a there's a timer. And then, what one thing that's like kind of a, I, don't, I don't it's not really a random event. It's kind of built into the level design. But I really like how there's always a treasure box with an ant, like a a good weapon or presumably a, a decent weapon that you have to kind of get through a challenge to get to it. Oh, there's a lot of love and hate towards these challenges. Well, I like them, especially the spiked floor ones can, you know, one way or the other, and they kind of change depending on uh, how far you are into the game. Um, I believe there's a part where you kind of have to jump across these different platforms side to side, and there are flames coming out, and you have to time the flames, and I, I really like those. Mm-hmm. In the and village. yeah, yeah. Those are so cool to me. Like I, I really appreciate that that's there. As you said earlier, there are patterns. There are always these dependable things that should be there in a ran, in, a, in a random level. It's just, you have to find where they are over, over the course of the game. Yeah. Uh, or else you just uh, rocket jump or use the chainsaw. I've <laughs> done that cheese, a couple of times too. She's yeah. your way out of a, an issue. I have definitely, but it's good that that options there, you know, you can be creative with your gameplay some people are like don't put that in the game it's gonna completely break the game but i always say are these people having fun is that making their experience worse and also i'd say 95 percent of people don't even think about using the chainsaw to cheese these things i've done it a couple of times i have to admit it (laughs) and you can't cheese them all there's some that are just you have to do it you know it's it's part of the randomness I really enjoy like I, I do this other like series where I kind of play through maps with the developer watching and have them explain, you know, what their intention was. And there's always inevitably, especially in a quake, I ran into this spot where there was a ladder that was apparently in plain view, but my first instinct was like just rocket jump up to the top of this platform. <laughs> you know? Like, oh yeah, that's yeah. obviously what I'm supposed to do here. But there, and then he just smacks himself in the forehead and he's like God, why didn't you see the ladder? No one ever sees the ladder. And I, I really like that aspect of like what, and it seems like something that you take seriously, like what the yeah. game designer intends versus what people do with the game. And that's awesome. I watch a lot of streams. These are my playtesters. And mm-hmm. uh, I smack my forehead a lot. <laughs> so many things. It's just people play differently. There's some people who are very observant and others, they pass like in front of the thing five times and they just don't figure it out so i I just have to make make it as you know clear as possible with as many types of gamers as possible yeah sometimes it's just like too bad or this is not critical to finish the level so if they don't see it it's not the end of the world stuff like that so there's there's a skull that plays the trumpet yeah, there might be. What's uh, the song? What is this song? The, there's no song. It's it's random. 
That's a awesome. Pitch. I spent uh, so long cool, trying to figure out what song he's playing. Like I was trying to play it in different beats and like see it. Because originally I thought it was like a bastardized version of Mario, like the Mario theme song. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, you I had a, have done that. That's that would have been a good idea. But yeah. uh, no, you weren't there. <laughs> so it's just random sounds. <laughs> so speaking of the sounds, I, I wanted to bring up Andrew because I've had him on the show before. I think he's an yes. awesome guy. I, I told him the same thing that I'm going to tell you now. Sometimes I buy games because his name's on them. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good move. <laughs> so far, I don't think yeah. he's made a, a bad one. Not uh, that I'm yeah, aware of. He's great guys, really friendly, really nice guys. He's goes above and beyond. You can, uh, yeah, I'm really happy to have gotten him. I feel like I feel humbled because uh, when I started, like to get Andrew to do your music, that. I, I never expected that would happen. Like I expected him to look at the game and be like, "I'm sorry, I got like uh, other projects," because uh, <laughs> it looked rough at the start. So you really had to understand what I was going for and see what it could become. And uh, yeah, it was like by far my number one option. And I asked a bunch of other people, and he just said yes. So, yeah, really happy about that. The music he's making is amazing. I just want to yeah. I want to give him a couple thousand more just so he can make me like a CD. Just make me like good music. <laughs> like music to work to or something. Yeah, that's, it's it's amazing job, like <laughs> everything he does. Everything he does though. I I I feel the same way, dude. Like, it, he he is so uh, selective about the games that he does work on that when he does put his, you know, soundtrack, his seal of approval on a game, that says to me, like, if Andrew likes it, I usually like what Andrew likes. I'm going to enjoy that game. And that's yeah, important. Yeah. Everything is done. The dust song, the dusk soundtrack. Like, I listen to this when I work. It's, uh, yeah. it's so good. David Szymanski will have been the episode just before yours premieres, I think. I think that's. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a cool guy. He is. I, yeah. I agree a lot with with a lot of his opinions. I think he's a little bit like me, contrarian and likes only specific things. Because he's one of the people I, well, from his Twitter posts, is one of the people I I agree with the most. He's like a he's a chamber music, like he composes chamber music and has for he's a like a high level violin player and everything. I didn't. Oh, realize yeah. how much depth there was to him, you know, before I talked to him. I had no idea. Yeah, and then you wouldn't think that. I think because Dusk is kind of this really silly, you know, meme game, and he before he made Dusk, he just made horror games, like pretty straightforward, yeah, yeah. like walking horror games. So, yeah, I don't play an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to, man. You got your own thing going on, and that's why you made your own like really original totally unique game that's awesome and a mixture of different things that ends up being a totally completely unique and wonderful experience for the player to play and i love that that's kind of what this whole thing's been about thanks that's awesome i <laughs> i honestly didn't think it would do so well or it would come out so great because i don't know it just you have no idea what you're doing when you're an indie like me like you take some life or death decisions every day like 
I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this instead. And you, you have no idea if it's going to be a good choice or not. You so, impress the right people, I think. Yeah, I guess. You know? Like if you, you impressed Andrew, uh, then you impress Civi, impress guys like Icarus and G-Man and all. These are the people who guys like me look, you know, like whatever they're playing, if they say it's good, I want to play that because you can dependably say these people have opinions that I disagree or agree with. Yeah. I'm and, not sure Icarus liked it though. I don't know. I, did he? Did he do it? I, well, I, he just streamed it, and I've never seen him this angry. <laughs> like the, he played an early build, and it wasn't as well balanced as it is now, and it was more yeah. crashy. And he had a hard time, like with these uh, egg spawner dragons. He was just raging. So. I hate them too. That's one of my notes: is I hate the fucking spitting dragons so much. <laughs> They're not even that hard. No, it's they just every game's got to have a great enemy like that. That's just super frustrating, you know. Yeah, the game's not supposed to be easy. They're so. like arch files, like that. The first time I saw an arch file, I thought this was the end of me playing Doom, and then after a while, I'm like, oh, it's just an arch file. Whatever, I can handle that. They had double the health, and they would shoot eggs even if you're not like, even if you're not in the same room, they're gonna shoot eggs. <laughs> so, like, if you missed one, you'd come to this room. There'd be like a hundred tiny flying dragons. So, it's it's better now. <laughs> well, I would imagine that you know, if you're really used to playing, it, so Icarus, right? He plays a shitload of Doom, you know, and he yeah. knows he's gotten maybe used to. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but I he knows the priorities in which he's supposed to shoot an enemy, you know, like I need to get that one out of the way first and this and that. And like this, I depend on the level to work a certain way. Uh, Depends on his alcohol level though. That I wasn't, (laughs) I thought had that thought, but I wasn't going to bring it up, but it's also, (laughs) it's true for me too. Sometimes man, if I'm drinking beer and playing games, yeah, but uh, I love it. Garrus is my, he's my favorite streamer. I, I watch him more on YouTube, but I don't really watch his, his stream as much. But yeah, he's definitely someone that I just respect his opinion tremendously. It makes sense to me that it would be really difficult if you're used to a certain pattern of doing things to play a new game where the en- like where the enemies do all these crazy new things to you that have never been done to you before. How it could get really frustrating, you know. That makes sense as well. Yeah, it was just badly balanced. That's and that's okay. part of uh, that's that's part of playtesting you know mm-hmm. I, I did a certain amount of playtesting uh with like a dozen people but it's you need more than that and that's why it's in early access in a way i, I just watch streamers over and over and balance according to um, their experience and uh, icarus helped directly improve the game so <laughs> part of uh why the game is this way is because of it that's NCV and gmen G-Man had amazing feedback. Uh, he's one of the first to have played it and uh, directly affected a lot of it. That's awesome, dude. I'm really glad this is working out and I hope it continues to, I hope this game skyrockets as it goes further and further into the episodes and everything. Yes, so far it's doing okay. Uh, it's doing a little better than I expected. So I'm, I'm crazy happy. I expected it to fail first, so <laughs> it's it's easy to do better than that. I just hope that it continues that way and that uh, I don't have to uh, go back to work. 
<laughs> that's the ultimate goal, not to have a real job, man. Yeah. <sighs> it's it's still a lot of work to be a, an indie like that. Like I, that's all I do. Days, seven days a week. I take breaks and stuff, but if I have nothing to do, I'm not going to play a game. I'm not going to watch a movie. I'm going to work on uh, Nightmare Reaper. Yeah. I did want to ask a... Go ahead. Yeah. It's not for everyone. That's all I wanted to say. That's... I don't like things that are for everyone at all. <laughs> I don't like the Avengers. I don't care oh, what God. happens to fucking Iron Man. Like, you know, there's no soul in these movies. It's so, I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm dying inside when I watch these movies. I like things that feel like they were meant for me and it, it's okay. You know, I don't even want to necessarily say things that I don't like suck. I just want to say that it's not for me. And this game is for me. I think, Okay, <laughs> I have very strong opinions that people disagree with, but I think it's safe to say that the movie industry kind of sucks. Like, it's not like it used to be. It's all about profits and just making a movie that will appeal to everyone, and it's always a sequel. There's no original idea. Like, I don't there are think exceptions. The movie but, industry. Uh, I don't think it sucks. I think industry sucks. <laughs> it. <laughs> You don't get the best product that way. You get, you know, a capitalist move is to try to make the thing that appeals to the most people so that you get the maximum number of dollars. Um, that doesn't mean that doesn't do well for art, you know, uh, yeah, for exactly. art, you want to make something that appeals to a specific sensibility. Um, so music, movies, video games, you've made a game that really appeals to a specific sensibility of a person. Now, that could be a broad group of people within that subgenre of people who would try su such a game out. And whether or not they like it is a totally different story. But just the initial, like, grab the audience's attention. Your graphics here, I guarantee you I could go to work, pull up this game, like a, a video of it. And people are going to be like, what the fuck is up with these graphics? Is this game made in 1994 or whatever? And I'd be like, no, this is brand new. And then oh, that's it for them. That. Do yeah, Wolfenstein had higher resolution graphics. Just so, <laughs> so it's yeah. even worse than that. But then there's people like me who see a game like this. And I'm like, oh, this looks, you know, so cool. It's like the art style is beautiful, and I really like it. And that that's all it is. It's not about the graphics being the best they could be or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't show well in videos and screenshots like Twitch and YouTube. They just destroy the image quality. And it looks like so muddy and stuff. I yeah. think in in general for pixel games, but uh, when people play it, they're like, "Wow, this game really looks good with like all the lighting effects and uh, mm -hmm. like wet surfaces and all that stuff." But like, I'm not gonna say the graphics are great because they kind of suck. <laughs> they're not programmer hard, but not far from that. Uh, but that's part of what I had to do to be able to release this game. I had to make the, the art myself. So it, I have to make the heart. I have to program. I have yeah. to do a lot of sounds. I do design. I manage the company. So that's what I could do with the budget I had. To me, the fact that it's kind of low res leaves things up to interpretation so like when you see a photograph on the wall from a distance it could be really creepy and then you get closer and you realize it's nothing or whatever like every i know i'm just kind of like 
self-projecting myself onto the art, but this is, it, that's what's so cool about it is that you can kind of leave a lot up to interpretation. That's what makes good horror. That's what made Lovecraft so amazing and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, art in general is not necessarily what the artist made is more what you feel when you, you know experience it. And yeah. that's what's important. I'm I'm fine when people just see things a certain way and have their own theories. The main character obviously suffers from uh, extreme mental health problems. Uh, she's locked up in a in asylum. Do you have any like background in that, or is there any reason why, other than just because she's insane? Do you do you have any uh, experience with dealing with that sort of thing? Not personally. Uh, there was a period in my life when I was depressed. That's the most. I can't say I came close to any kind of mental illness. Okay. But uh, no. Uh, I hope I'm not offending anyone with this depiction. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I read enough to make something that's fantas- fantasy enough and that should not piss anyone who has actual mental issues. I know a couple of people uh, told me that they. They appreciated what I did because they they did go into an asylum for some reason in their life, and so far it's been positive. Yeah, but no, it's not my not my life experience. I would paint it in a in a few different lights. Uh, first of all, obviously the the asylum, the insanity, the mental health facility the, these are all common tropes, and you know, just surrealism or horror, or, you know, fiction in general. This it's a perfectly fine prop to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a, sometimes it's kind of it kind of feels like it's the easy way out but cliche think, uh, yeah the way yeah. the story is going to unfold i think it's going to be kind of original enough the second brushstroke i was going to say was that uh i think for me personally it's therapeutic you know to kind of feel like it, you know, it's a metaphor or whatever for like, uh, oh, I feel like I've felt depressed or I felt scared or I've had a nightmare or whatever. And then shooting the nightmare makes me feel better, that kind of thing. I, that's another way to look at it that I think is useful or uh, yeah, a way to interpret it. These games are all about that. Uh, yeah. Even the even if they're not, if, if they don't have that team, just going around and exploding people is uh, is very cathartic. It's it's good to decompress. It's good to vent your frustrations. Right. Yeah, I've I've done that in the past. <laughs> Brutal Doom. Pretty pretty good for that. <laughs> that is always my metaphor for Doom. Like I've told many people that the way I feel about Doom is like this is I like to imagine that the demons that live in the back of my head are on the screen and I'm just taking care of them and then I feel better when I'm done. There used to be a Doom mod where the demons were actually processes on your computer. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> you killed it, it killed the process. So That's cool. A, another way to see this. Are you a fan of Brutal Doom or are you against Brutal Doom? There seems to be I a am divide. a big, big fan of Brutal Doom. I okay. really I really want to talk to Sergeant Mark, but you know, he's kinda of hard to get a hold of. If anybody can make that happen, I'm open to it. But He's a divisive character himself, you know. Yeah, I don't know anything about him, but apparently some people don't like him or something. I can separate art from, you know, 
the person who made it if I have to. I, I, I don't know what really happened. I don't know what his real opinions are. So I'm not going to assume I know anything about him. Yeah, me neither. But he made, in my opinion, the best gameplay mod there ever been. Have you played Via Doom? No, I, I'm not really interested in that. Like, okay, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look. It's. I don't know why he did this. I, I think he should have continued on uh, Brutal Doom or something else. But he he can do whatever he wants. Well, that's fun. Let's talk about Brutal Doom. Go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Brutal Doom has the like the combat is so good. It's better than a lot of AAA's and most AAA's. I think. Mm-hmm. But, it's so physical and there's nothing like scripted or anything. It's just pure gameplay systems working together. In a way, I think it's better than Doom 2016. From looking at Doom Eternal, we kind of started the conversation off talking about that too. I, it almost looks like they literally looked at Brutal Doom and said, what can we take from that to make this better? I don't know. Uh, in a way, like maybe for that you can shoot parts of monsters off and they still yeah. continue attacking. But to me, to the Eternal is just exactly like 2016. Like I didn't see anything that really it's departed faster. from that. I don't see that either. Uh, Sergeant Mark said that, and you see, you say that, but I, I didn't see that myself. In the video, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I'm yeah. just speculating. I might, that might be wrong. I, I just yeah. didn't see it. And uh, yeah, I I love Doom 2016. Like it's one of the best AAA shooters I've ever played. But I think it's far from perfect. Yeah, I don't like the glory kills. See, I have very contrarian opinions. This is one. I think the game would be way better without glory kills. I think they're like training wheels and they interrupt the action. That should be more fluid. It would be more fluid if, if they weren't there. But, but they're selling brutal. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Like, like, it's uh, cool. It's cool Mortal Kombat. It the Same first thing. time. But I wish they were more option, optional, you know? If you... Yeah. If you decide to melee the monster, then you have a chance of getting that. That would be awesome because it's your can choice. You turn off glory. Isn't that a thing? Am I wrong? Uh, I think you can turn off the flashing, but I don't think you can turn huh. off the state that they, they go in, the glory kill state. Okay. Which you should have been dead instead of just hanging there. And now I have to take time out of my schedule to go finishing them off. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, I'm in the minority uh, with this opinion, but yeah, I think it would be a better game. They could do it easily. Put life life items in the level, it would be fine. Well, there was a time when maybe you would have expressed an opinion and people would be like, oh, I don't really care what you think. But now that you've made an awesome game that speaks for itself, I think you're totally entitled to say whatever the hell you want, dude. And I am going to sit back and respect your opinion because you know what you're doing, and I don't. Well. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, that's that's possible too. But I think you're doing good. There's many types of games, and you know they don't. I don't have to like them all. I don't have to agree with all their decisions. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm in a minor minority, on the, so maybe it shouldn't have. It should have glory kills, and I'm just wrong. 
You're like the uh, the one fish who swims against the current, dude. That's awesome. Uh, I don't want to be. I feel I, so cringy. Well, nobody wants to be there. a freak, but sometimes it takes a freak to make beautiful things. I don't like, want to be a hipster. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Oh, yeah. the beard. That's what you're talking about with beard and glasses. You should have said fedora or something. Yeah, I think I might be a hipster. It's okay. You could be whatever you want, dude. You don't have to fit into that. There are hipsters and there's people who don't even fit into that category. We'll put you over with the uh, the other weirdos. Oh, God. <laughs> be a, a, a greaser or a, I don't know, whatever you want. Yeah, Just stay, myself. stay golden, pony boy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Anything else you wanted to add before we get out of here? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, if you enjoyed uh, Nightmare Reaper, Give me some feedback. Uh, I'm always listening, trying to make the game better. Check out more Andrew stuff. He needs, uh, even if he's very popular, he needs more. Everyone needs to know who he is. Uh, I hope you enjoy the game. And uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, interview me. That was very uh, humbling. I still feel like I don't know if you know about imposter syndrome, but I have it pretty hard. I definitely know what you what you mean. <laughs> so I still feel like just uh, a small indie that doesn't really know what he's doing. So uh, to be asked to come and interview is always uh, is very a very nice feeling that people uh, you know care and stuff. I watch every single stream of people who play the game. I just to me it. Always feels like the first time, you know, someone pays attention to the game. Sure, yeah. it uh, might change at some point, but uh, yeah, thanks. I just uh, all I'm saying is I hope that one of your contrarian opinions isn't that the keep sucks. That's all. Let's get out of here. <laughs> That's it. I don't have that so far. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear more like it, obviously you can go to inthekeep.com and go through our entire catalog of amazing guests that we've had over the past year or so. You can also go check out Doom is Dead podcast hosted by Human Bones and Doosome of the Multiplayer Doom Federation on their journey to interview all of the most amazing people in the Doom community. Highly recommend that if you love old school Doom. Also, every Saturday morning, you can tune in for Quake Fans Radio on YouTube. Quake Fans Radio, hosted by Samango. Another huge thank you to Andrew Holschult for this amazing music that he provided for the Nightmare Reaper soundtrack, and also to Bruno for being part of the show this week. Be sure to like, review, subscribe to the show on whatever medium that you choose to listen to it on because that really is the biggest help that you could do is to just share it and tell other people how awesome it is but mainly you can come join us on discord if you're into war for it we're going to be doing another dual tournament here pretty soon so come join us for that but until next time y'all stay in the key